Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality. It's September 26, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. And um, thank you, listeners, for being here. <laughs> it's been one of those days. Uh, so, Walter, you couldn't make the Shanghai show because you had some kind of a battery problem. How, what, what, was, what was that all about? He messages me 15 minutes before he's supposed yeah. to go live on a radio show and he's saying something about I'm walking down the road with a battery that needs a dead battery or something so yeah <laughs> yep dead battery uh the this vehicle is a 1995 uh Chevy S10 no sorry it's a uh, yeah it's a Chevy S10 and I never paid much attention to it because I, I don't have that much experience with so many different cars but I always not noticed off and on uh, since I have the vehicle that I noticed that uh, you, you know the where the um, the back the the rear the rear looking the uh, re, um, what do you call it the um, the rear view mirror okay the the rear view mirror you you have uh, it, it's attached to the to the uh, ceiling on the on the in the car, and you don't never paid much attention to it. And in this vehicle, there were two little wires coming out of the ceiling and going into the into the uh, mirror. And I it, today it dawned on me that, that this probably is not the original mirror that this vehicle came with, because. Uh, what happened, the reason why the battery was totally dead, in fact, the voltage was 0.1 volts. That's it. That was the voltage in the battery this morning. Uh, what happened is that this stupid thing uh, stayed on all night. I wasn't aware of that because the light was coming out from behind the mirror. And uh, what I ended up doing is I said, forget this. I, I don't need light. Uh, I don't need any dome lights or, or lights behind the mirror so i just cut off the wire and the light went off but, but that's what killed the battery during the night so that's so i had no other choice it, it seems that uh i was going to bother a neighbor to just give me a lift down the the road it's maybe a maybe a mile down the road there's a an o'reilly's auto parts store so i was going to bother a neighbor to kind of give me a lift to the o'reilly's to get a battery and come back home but it seems that I, I must be uh, living in a in a in a ghost town where there's nobody here except us. So it kind of makes you feel like you're living. <laughs> uh, we're the only people living in on on an, uh, an uncharted island or something because it, it's like nobody. It, there's nobody anywhere in this neighborhood. So I got a. Um, 
a little carrying cart that's uh, it's as old as time and uh, that's what made it a difficult a difficult walk to the store because the, the wheels go in anywhere they, they they want except the straight line so i luckily I, I made it to the store i bought a re, uh, replacement battery but uh, i gave up on the idea of walking back home because of the condition of the on the wheels on that little cart so I was I was able to get a, a local taxi service to pick me up and drove me back home. So by the time I was I was here, you know, three, three quarters of the show had already passed. So that it didn't make any sense to try to get in there. So sorry I couldn't make it, boss. Well, we did it. <laughs> like I say, I don't think it was one of the best, but you know who knows. Who knows what happens? I have to listen to it again and see if. Because mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to pull out the anerology discussions and putting those sections up on Rumble, but I'm not being very good about it. I have to admit I'm not being very productive. <laughs> it's well, like, it's really I, one thing I dislike about Rumble is that I don't know what it is if it's uh, because. Uh, YouTube has better resources. I don't know, maybe Rumble is a smaller operation. I don't know, but for example, one of the things that's very convenient, at least for people like us, that uh, for us, English being a second language, it's very convenient to have the uh, closed captioning so that you can actually sometimes, and sometimes there are speakers, like for example, that fellow from Australia that has such a thick accent if you weren't able to read the closed captioning, you wouldn't know what the heck he's talking about. <laughs> so it's super, super convenient. But it turns out that with that like Rumble, for you to get closed captioning, you actually have to pay. You have to. It has to be subscription based. Then you get upgraded, and then you can get you can get closed captioning. So I thought, well, it's very inconvenient. So unless the the people that are that you're listening to have a normal, you know, decent speech pattern. Uh, you have a you have a tough time. Now. Some some people speak so like for example. Uh, remember, you may mention this lady who's uh, uh, running for some kind of office, Miriam Williamson. She was in the uh, in the she she spoke about this this course in miracles thing. Her name is Miriam Williamson, and I remember I, I listened to a tape from her that a, a friend lent me on the, and the tape spoke about that, the Course in Miracles. But my God, unless your ears are 100% focused on it, she speaks so quickly. Her diction, every, her pronunciation of the words, everything is so incredibly fast. It's like, if you blink, forget it, or if you take a breath, no, forget it. You're going to miss what she said. That's how quickly she spoke. I thought, oh, what is this person? Is, is this person an uppers or something? <laughs> 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 My God, how can someone speak so fast? Is that? Uh, but I don't know about the rest of all her material. Maybe there was it was just a fluke, a particular mid- tape, because it was a tape. Somebody lent me a tape. Uh, so to, to give you an idea how old the tape was, you know, who, who buys cassette tapes anymore? <laughs> so you, 
so it's an old tape but uh, so like I, so for someone like me yeah, closed captioning is it's very convenient uh, but rumble doesn't have that it's not for free it's uh, you actually have to pay and subscribe and get a rumble account and and then you you are able to get that feature uh, but i don't think that concerns you at all well um i didn't know that you could actually pay for it i knew it wasn't there but i didn't know you could pay for it um let me put it this way youtube is owned by google mm. okay rumble is owned by i think it's more like a consortium like i think that dan bongino is involved in it and um a few other people that show up on fox every once in a while but the it was it was interesting because when YouTube started its uh, conquest to take down everybody that was alternative. People started going to Rumble. And I listened to one interview with the guy that had created Rumble. And he was like, look at I, I put it up because I wanted to have videos of cats and dogs and good things. I didn't <laughs> want to become this alternative alternative, you know. And then I never heard about him again. And the next thing I know, and I think it was Bongino, uh, was a, so somebody, either he said something or somebody else said something. And there was one guest, and I'm trying to, I got his picture in my head, but I can't remember his name, was on the Gutfeld show. And uh, the question of Rumble was brought up, and this guy says to Gutfeld, yeah, well, I told you to invest in it. And Gutfeld was like shrugging his shoulders. He said, you lost a lot of money. So I don't know. Um, yeah, you have to make money on these. I mean, if you got Google that's using YouTube to promote their agenda, then they want everybody on there, not just the ones that can pay. But if you're Rumble, we, I mean, the cost of doing a station like that is very, very heavy. So I don't in any way, shape, or form, you know, dish them because they're, I mean, what do you want, Walt? You want everything in life to be free? <laughs> Are you one of those leftists? A commie? <laughs> it's like that thing, you know? But, um, yeah, that's what it is, Walt. It's uh, Google behind YouTube. So, anyway, are you there? You didn't come back at me. <laughs> No, no, I just, I just uh, mute myself. Uh, so, um... I have something I want to talk to Diane about. Okay. Diane, um, you can uh, type things to me in the chat room. But I want to tell you, I saw it somewhere in the chat a couple of days ago where you said you and your son saw an airplane standing still. Um, I have seen that myself. And, of course, the people tried to say, well, uh, yeah, it's coming at you at an angle where you're seeing it, that it's standing still. But it was going sideways, and I don't think it can stand still going sideways. Um, and another thing is there are F-15s or 35s. 
there are military airplanes. Damn dog. Somebody's here. Probably. Oh, he just loves to tear after the the UPS guys. What better to one of those? But anyway, um, we saw, you know, Annette works at a place where she knows that this happens, where the military has airplanes that can, they're actual airplanes, but they stand still in the air. And they can take off from the ground just straight up like a helicopter. They can take off straight up. Um, and I don't want to give you any more further information that I, of course, I don't have. It sounds but like I the get, Harrier. That's a, that's a well-known vehicle, uh, blind that uh, ascend and descend uh, vertically. Ah, I bet. I'm reading what Diane says. I bet that's what it was, one of those jet-like airplanes, Diane. So, yeah, yeah, I believe you saw that. Absolutely. And, and that's an explanation that we can put toward it. Or not. Make your choice. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those, you know, planes not, seeming not to, and, and they weren't uh, the, the Harrier. They weren't. I know what that looks like, uh-huh. but I have seen videos where it is, and I, I think it's an illusion. But then again, there was this weird thing in in Miami International year decades ago, and this plane was coming in for a landing. They have it on radar; everything's happening, and then all of a sudden, it disappeared off the radar. And it never landed, right? And they're like freaking out, like we're, we're, it must have crashed. They put everything into a crash uh, and rescue type of thing, and they were all scurrying about. And it was a long time after that, not 20 minutes. It was like a long time. All of a sudden, the plane is there in the sky and asking, you know, confirming. Conf- actually, I think it was confirming the information that the last information that had been given to it and um or what it heard and it landed and everybody on the plane was like what are you talking about you know they they lost that time on radar and landed perfectly all right you know like i say i don't remember exactly how long it was but i got two hours in my mind what you it's, think? It's, it's almost like the story of the, the man to, from Torrid that happened in the 50s. The, he, he was a tourist. He was traveling from Japan. And uh, he ended up, he, he went to Europe and he, he was, um, he landed in the airport in, in one of the European airports. And they couldn't verify, you know, his uh, his his papers, like his passport and everything. But they couldn't verify where he was from because, according to the 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 passports, he was from a country that didn't exist. It was a, a country called Torred. And uh, I saw the pictures on the of the in the article of this thing. The it was interesting that the city that he lived in was called Logopolis. Like a like a Greek name, and uh, he he had a 
the entry and, and, and exit uh, stamping on the passport. He was in and out of Japan several times, but nobody knew where he was because nobody knows that the country Tarid. And it, it turns out that it's, uh, we call it on the European uh, continent, is we call the, the area that he says this is where I come from, we call Canberra. It's a totally different area. So they, they kept in, I think they kept in on, on hold for like 24 hours or 48 hours. Uh, for for some, I don't know how it was that uh, it's not clear to me in the story. How is it that they let him go? But it turns out that he left the airport and he was never seen again. So he, I don't know whether he found that actually found a plane that actually took him home. But he wasn't from here. Nowhere he he was from no place that could be identified on the map. It reminds me of a Facebook post that some woman made. I, well, yeah, it was a woman. And she said, she, I mean, this was, you know, again, probably a decade ago, maybe not quite. But she was, uh, she went to Facebook and she said, I know this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but I've got to know if there's anybody out, else out there that this happened to. She said, she wakes up in the morning and she's in her apartment. But from then on, things started to go downhill because the building where she was had been working she was still working there but she had a whole different job her ex-boyfriend was calling her as if he was no longer the ex-boyfriend or had never been an ex-boyfriend and you know she goes on there's quite a bit of detail as to to the differences in her life you know, that she, she the life she remembered and the life she seemed to have, have been in, and um, I I always I, I think about her every once in a while and wonder you know what what happened? How are you doing? I mean, the story was just this post, and it was like one of those posts where somebody had post shared it and shared it and you didn't know who the hell it, it started out with type of thing you know but you yourself are living proof that there are parallel lives you don't need oh, to yeah. go outside of yourself <laughs> you you're living proof of that <laughs> yeah but why why did they get locked into this like this guy so did he fi ever find his home was he on a timeline that his home didn't exist in that under that name? Or did he get back there and find out that only the name had changed? And that his family was still there and everything else. I mean, there's so many questions you yeah. can go with when you when you hear a story like I, that. I, my main the main question in my mind is what causes this to happen? There must be some kind of something to do with consciousness. I, I, I don't know. Some some so somehow our consciousness is able to shift, like the, the the continuum or the timeline that you're in. Okay, what causes this to happen? Are you like focused on something else, or you're unhappy with something, or or you're I don't know some, some part of your consciousness or your awareness 
focuses on on some other continuum or some other timeline, like you said, uh, what causes this to happen? Because it's not like it's ha and they're in the middle of this quantum scientific experiment and the guy sitting on the chair disappears and okay, you can, it's more or less makes sense because okay, they're smack in the middle of some kind of super mysterious technological thing, but this is a regular person that's taking a plane from one place to another plane, uh, to another place and what's, co <laughs> what's causing him to shift reality? Well, we kind of talked about that today on the Shanghai show. Oh. Because, um, how did we get into that conversation? Oh, I know, we were talking about uh, Bigfoot's Den. Because it's a hundred year old building and it had a reputation of being haunted. Uh, Derek went through the whole place. He said that he had 200, over 200 nuggets of shungite and he just walked all over the building putting nuggets in different places i mean they're using magnets and everything else but he the whole it's like a shungite grid in there now but we got talking about hauntings and he brought something up that i didn't ever really consider okay so we, i brought up the the uh situation of being in manassas virginia where the first battle of um, uh, oh gosh, uh, it's one of the big battles of, of uh, trying to think of it. <laughs> I know the name of it, but it was a big Civil War battle. It was actually the first battle. And it was one of these, I mean, you talk about absolute ignorance. Not, not Gettysburg, is it? Well, no, Bull Run. Bull oh, Run. Okay. There was two, two battles of Bull Run. This was the first one. So, you got this, people are going to have this battle, and it's only, you know, I don't know, it maybe it's, it's within a, a day's, less than a day's ride from Washington, where this is, uh, you know, if you were in buggies, because they were, the people in Washington, the rich people came out in their buggies, and they're all dressed up in their finest <laughs> clothes, and they're on the ridge, you know, off in the distance, watching this battle <laughs> and the battle was pretty it was it was it was awful um so anyway i was stationed near there and i went over to the battlefield and it's a you know national landmark now and it was creepy as could be because i i kept uh, the first thing that started happening is i started to hear explosions and big noises and then came the screaming and then came the other senses like the smell of blood uh it was it was horrendous it was like you know just a horrendous experience i said i ain't coming ever back here again but i stayed there long enough to kind of not get freaked out by what was happening but to kind of analyze what was happening and I realized that for some whatever reason, you know, and I didn't question it at the time, I was just like aware of the fact that something had happened where I was back in, in that battle. The battle was raging and I'm back in that. And it wasn't like a remote view because I wasn't perceiving the battle from a vantage point of seeing it. 
it was hearing it and smelling it and just also a lot of emotion absolute terror uh you know so you you got these people that are soldiers that are oh we're going to have a battle you know i don't know what the hell they thought they were going to be doing but the biggest emotion uh, that i was feeling was one of surprise oh my god this is oh they're shooting it i mean it was like <laughs> you know these people want to kill me type of thing and um so anyway i was using it as an example of a type of haunting because i think that hauntings have there's different types of hauntings i think i think that some people haunt other people i remember a story where the grandmother kept moving every time the grandson moved to another place this haunting would start up and there was enough indication that it was his grandmother uh that you know it was like that's that's why they were getting into the talk about a person being haunted the grandmother probably just was there to protect the, the kid but then you have places like a hundred year old building that has all sorts of energies associated with it and there are some people that believe that energies can be contained within the building structures that things happen in and if you're sensitive you can pick up on these energies which i think was similar well that's the way i interpreted what had happened on the uh, battlefield of bull run with me but then uh, uh derek brought up an interesting concept in that well when you got a haunting these people like on a battlefield again the a lot of times you'll you'll people will see somebody but they seem to be very much focused on whatever it is they're doing um if they're if they're creeping up on somebody or they're you know ducking because of bull you see their their actions if you hear people like at gettysburg there's a lot of sightings at gettysburg it and it didn't twig it didn't twig with me until i would listen to, to, to derek but a lot of the visuals that people would pick up and report seem to be just looking at the soldiers doing what soldiers do. And he, Derek said, you know, that maybe people get locked into a time frame where, where you know, it, it's continually happening. It's such a, a major point of emotion and you know the emotions of fear the emotions of dying all of this stuff is so intense that it's like a marker in time so somebody like me comes in and i'm looking at it but what is happening is that okay i like i say i was i was not seeing it but let's let's assume i was seeing it then i would have realized it was a remote a remote view but in a remote view, I'm in this time frame, and I am knowingly going to another time frame. But when you you get captured in this kind of a of, of a situation where there seems to be a haunting, it could be that you you as the observer, even if you're one of these ghost hunters, you're you're the observer. You are actually perceiving a different time frame. You see somebody walking through. Uh, a hallway well they probably walked through that hallway dozens and dozens of times but 
And I so I said to Derek, I said, so what you're saying is that the the ghosts that people think they're seeing are not ghosts in the concept that they're spirits that somehow or another got locked into this not passing on to the higher echelons. Are you talking about a residual haunting? I'm not sure what you mean. It does what you say. It does the same thing at the same time every day. It's the same thing the same time every day. It's like a tape stuck in in the loop. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, well, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be in that reciprocal kind of concept. It could be only one time somebody sees somebody doing something. But what's happened is that you, as the observer, they're not stuck in time. You got taken out of your time, and you're in their time. (laughs) You know? It's like you're so focused on getting a ghost or doing this or doing that... And all of a sudden, you're you you have because you've changed your vibration to one of expecting, hoping to see, you know, the past, spooky stuff and stuff. So like you're that. unaware. So whether you like it or not, you're signing a contract because you wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. Where no. does the contract come in? Yeah, where's that come in? Well, that, that's that's what I'm wondering because at some for you to be able to be a participant of that other timeline, you're no, saying you're, no, no, you're not oh. a participant. You're an observer. Oh, okay. I mean, these people can't interact with these ghosts. You don't say, "Hey, wait a minute, what are you doing walking down the hall?" And they turn around and they say, "Oh, I'm going to go get breakfast." No, it's not like that. Oh. You have been brought back to their time frame and are witnessing what was happening in that time frame. But the spirits that were there may be long gone. But that's my question, that but your ability to witness something that is no longer happening, and it already happened a long time ago, doesn't that require you to be participating? You have to, there has to be an energy agreement for you to be able to witness it? No, Ah, no. okay, okay. You're getting too weird. Because it's not any kind of a contract or an agreement or anything else. It's the perception. Reality is what you think it is. So if you go into an environment expecting to see, expecting to experience, then you are manifesting an environment where you are seeing what was there. You're not influencing what was there. You're observing it because you have opened up your channels of observation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it made me think about all these hauntings and the weird things that that I've seen that make me go like, wow, that answers a lot of questions. That it's, they're not stuck in time. We've gone to their time and are seeing things that happen now you can remotely and if you do a lot of remote you go back into time you can you know easily understand that thing but if you're not expecting to go back into time you're just expecting to see you slip into it into a slightly different timeline and you see it but 
No, there's no interaction. But there is a there is a case like um, Carl Hemingway. She's a she's a professional astrologer, and she has a a lot of reputation with you know celebrities and rich people. Uh, I think she's written a number of books. She, yes, she's she's one of the daughters of the writer Hemingway, and she told me the story of what happened. I don't know the reason why she went there, but she did go to a, a bed and breakfast uh, located in Gettysburg, and the, she she was aware that the place had a reputation for uh, for people seeing ghosts, and uh, she had a case just like uh, um, Dolly just described, where uh, you see an apparition and it's like playing a tape. Every night the apparition comes in and, and does the exactly the same actions, no, no, uh, uh, no exception of any kind. And she, the, in her case, she would see this boy, he was 12 years old when he was killed. He was a, her room in, in the better breakfast had been in the past when that was, uh, when that building was used during the the war, was where they kept the gunpowder and, and other ammunitions. So he would come in the door and he would go to this door, which go, goes to a room that's no longer there. And he would open that and go through that door. And that's because he was, that's the order that he was given. He was sent into that room to look for munitions to bring back out to the, to the battlefield. So that's the, uh, that's the cycle that he kept repeating over and over again, like a, like a broken record, you know, like a tape player running on, on loop. But in this case, this, uh, this entity, this, this little boy, he was not unconscious of it because uh, I don't know what technique she knows or how she does it, but she actually communicated with the boy and, and explained to the boy, you know, there, the, get, the war is over. There is no more war. There's no, there are no people outside, you know, shooting at each other and killing each other. So you can be free. You, can, you don't have to be stuck here all the time. So she was able to reach to reach his awareness or his consciousness, and he left. He left the bed and breakfast, and uh, in the morning when she came down, I think it was the owner of the bed and breakfast was the lady that that owned the place. So she felt she laughed because she uh, Carol laughed at her because. She felt so proud of herself that she had liberated this poor soul from being stuck in that never-ending broken record playing. And she told the woman that, that she was able to release that boy. So now the room was clean. The boy had been released. The result was that the woman was incensed with fury. How dare you do that? Don't you know, you know, the people that come to visit our bed and breakfast, they come looking for that. Now you've taken a source of revenue and, and, and the woman just kept talking and talking and, and wouldn't listen to reason. So she says, you know, she paid her bill and turned around and left. So 
I, I thought to myself, well, my God, is it's not enough that they they steal from you when you're alive? They continue st- they continue stealing your energy when you're dead. But that's that's a and that's an interesting case. Is that he was not unconscious of his situation. He knew he was going into that room to look for munitions because that that's the the context of you know that was his situation. But he was not like a like a movie playing like a like a a, a a a clip from a film no he was actually aware of this situation that's why she was able to talk with him and reason with him and convince him that the war is over he doesn't have to be stuck there so i don't know if that's a unique case or that can can happen every time you see these uh broken records kind of situation where this the apparitions perform the same action every time non-stop you know you come back next day next evening and again they come they come up and they do the same actions and they do the same things i, I don't know that's if that's a, if hers was a unique situation or if that's a given that if you are uh, awake enough and psychic enough you can do that you can talk to these uh to these uh, apparitions I don't know if someone has tried to talk to this. That 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 is a you know a lot of people believe that that's what hauntings are. I just think that it's an interesting thing to conceive of the. the it's probably a whole bunch of different versions of what causes a haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I guess the the message here is before you clear anybody anybody's ghost, you better talk to the. <laughs> uh, do you want this ghost to be gone? <laughs> Or but the it, ghost itself. Because sometimes they don't want to move on. They want to stay where they are. True. True. So huh. if you go in and you just you free them uh, somehow without their permission, you are uh, interloping on their decision to stay. Well, that, that, or that was a, one of the cases. Um, remember the, the this gentleman who would do the healing meditations, Frank Jordan. He, he had a gentleman in, in his uh, in his group. His name is uh, Richard Ralston, and he lives in Hawaii. And he had a situation. Uh, I don't know if these people were living somewhere in the continent or they were in, in Hawaii, but I know I do know that the issue was. Okay, you had this. A married couple, they have a, this was a nine-year-old girl. And something is happening at their house. They don't know what's going on. But every day after 6 p.m., like clockwork, the girl would be affected where she would be so tired. She would be so worn out that she would have to go to sleep. There was no other way. She got gone to the doctor. That on tests and analysis, we know what's going on with her. Why is she acting this way? It's almost like she's a an old, very old lady because it's look at the time of the day. She all she wants to do is go to sleep. So they contacted uh, Rich because he this is the kind of work that he did, and he was able to help them remotely. He, he didn't have to go to their address to where, where they lived, and he found that in the basement of the house there was a, a, an old man his son and his his and the, and, and the daughter of the son 
So and the daughter was something like seven years old. So what was happening is that every day after the sun went down, it's like the, the, the ghost girl would get up and wanted to be in the, in the body of this girl. So by being in the body of this girl, she was draining this, this girl's life force. But by being in the body of this girl, she was actually having the chance to have a, a kind of life for her, you know, whatever you ha can have as a, as a ghost. So, and, and they wouldn't, and they didn't want to leave because they didn't know any place. This is their home, original home. So why would, <laughs> they had no notion of that you can go somewhere, anywhere. That wasn't in, in their mindset or that wasn't in their experience that, the, in fact, he had a tough time convincing them to get out of that house because the first thing he had to do had to convince them that, that you, you guys are dead. You shouldn't be here. You know, what do you mean we're dead? This is our house. We've always lived here. What are you talking about? You're, are you crazy? So he actually had to spend time and reason with them and give them explanations on why things are happening the way they're happening is that this is not your house anymore. You know, you don't have to be here anymore. You can actually move on to a better life than being, you know. So he actually had to spend time convincing them in order to give them a, a, a good good enough reason to get out of there. So once they left, uh, the girl's medical problems went away. She wasn't feeling exhausted every day at uh, between 6 and 7 p.m. So there's another remember, case. Do, do, do you remember if... if there was other indications of haunting? I mean, if they brought him in, they must have thought there was other indications of something odd going on. I, I don't know. He didn't say more about that case, so I don't know if that there were other indications. Well, Dolly, you, you've had a lot of interactions with people on the other side. How do you perceive them? Well, that's a big question. Um, many different answers so i see i see ones who they were taken out so fast they don't realize they were taken out and like walt was saying you have to tell them you're no longer alive on planet earth you are your soul hasn't gone where it needs to go so uh, some of them are are okay with it and some of them are just so confused they can't they can't make it straight in their heads even though they're being told. Other ones, uh, they choose to stay, and they'll stay with the last person that had contact with them that touched them, and. Uh, they have to be convinced, oh, that person has their own life to live. Now leave them alone. You need to move on, that kind of thing. There's other ones who, um, they really, really don't feel it's, they're done. They aren't done. They want to stay so that they can finish this. This one thing they perceive that will help their loved one, and so they can't move on until this loved one gets 
accomplishes whatever the loved one wants to accomplish. They think they can help the loved one. Um, there's others who, who are so tickled about what's going on after they die. They want to go to their own funeral. They want to see who's there and, and who didn't go and how they say goodbye to them. And uh, they're just curious. They don't want to move on at that time. So after the funeral, and they they feel satisfied with their curiosity, they, they'll move on. Um, and then there's the ones who they fight they fight the death so bad because they're scared out of their minds that they don't know what's on the other side and and they're afraid to find out and it's not that they're afraid they were bad they're just afraid because they don't know what's there and so they hang around until somebody can get in touch with them and tell them it's okay. Whatever. You're going to face it one time or another, whatever it is. Usually it's okay. But then there's the other kind who pass on knowing that they have died and that they're still hanging around. And they're hanging around because they're scared out of their mind. They know they're going to hell. And so they're trying their best to Avoid, I don't know what to say is. Avoid the death process. Avoid letting the evil ones know that they have left their body and they're needing to go to hell. <laughs> and, and the person doesn't want to. There's some of them, so many, um, some who die, and I heard a man talk about this. He had died, and he didn't know, and he was in this dark place for a long, long time, all by himself. And there was no noise. There was no thought. It just was there. And then he started feeling thoughts like, where am I? Why am I wherever I am? And eventually he started having, hearing people crying and moaning and and being miserable, and some of them were calling out, and they weren't being answered. Well, then, he, the long story short, he realized he was dead, and he started calling out for God. And uh, as soon as he did that, he saw started seeing this faint light coming toward him, and the more he talked. To the faint light, the the more it would come to him, and finally, the light reached him, and he was able to progress 
on. And then uh, there's others who they they just want to hang out. They just want to. They're looking for other their relatives, and but they're in a different place because they haven't let go of Earth. They still hold on to Earth vibrations, but they're still looking for their relatives and friends. Um, and somebody needs to talk to them and say, all you have to do is let go. Just let go, and you'll go. Um, and, and then they're happy, but then some of those people, they were happy here on Earth. They're happy to be where they are finally, but they want to come back and check on the ones they left behind. So they come back full knowledge. They're coming back to check on their relative. Uh, they try to connect with the ones who are still here. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But uh, they try to make life easier for them down here. But they find out, no, that person has to live their own life. That uh, the, the one who's crossed over can ask for help for them. And sometimes that happens if it's an allowable request. And then um, they go back where they're happy, where they were supposed to end up anyway. Um, I don't know. I, there's just lots of different reasons why somebody is still hanging around. Okay, my question here is, is that the higher self or is that the lower soul? I cannot Did answer that. I do not know. All I know in Dolly World, all I know is they have a soul. A soul. I don't know about these higher selves, lower selves, and they don't tell me about it. They just agree with me when I say their soul. So I don't know how to answer that, Nancy. Well, one of the, uh, Ruth Montgomery wrote a book, and it was about Arthur, and I cannot remember his last name right now, but he was a very well-known psychic from Miami. And Ruth and Arthur were, were good friends. So when Arthur passed over, um, she was able to communicate with him and he had the most interesting discussion about what he was seeing because in his mind the mind of the you know the psychic the the person who was pretty much aware that the other side would be very let's say mystical and full of life and carrying on stuff i mean that was what he was seeing he was going to when he died right so what he saw was he said that the buildings in where he was were like old buildings like roman buildings greek buildings all these just the structures were old and he said that the reason for that because he he they've got He's going to school, basically. He had to go do this, basically go back to school. And so he was talking to the master people that were there trying to 
you know, get people right in their heads, I guess. Um, and he said, why are the, why are these why is all these buildings looking like that? And they said, well, because a building really isn't destroyed because it's got an etheric blueprint that is shows up here, which I thought was a very interesting concept. You know, that buildings continue to exist even though they might be not here in the 3D world. But he, when I'm reading this book, I'm realizing that he is seeing what he thought he was going to see. Not in the details, but in the, you know, the basic way that, oh yeah, you go over there, you do life review, you question this, you, it's, it's an education, it's an and life is an experience of learning, and that's what he experienced. But you, you said we've lost. Uh, well, we shouldn't. I shouldn't say lost, but uh, Reverend Lee Brown. She passed over, so she's over on the other side. And one day, Dolly, you said she seems to be very confused and walking in circles. You remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. What? How could you? What, how would you explain that? Or can you explain somebody who was very, very learned in a lot of metaphysics? I mean, she's she's the one that started me on the real woo woo, you know, going down the rabbit hole. Um, but what 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 was it that you saw? What I felt was she was confused because it wasn't all like she thought it was going to be. There were things that were different than what she thought it would be, yet they were very different, but yet they they would they would get to the same destination. It, 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 I guess I could say it's different Different ways to get to the same ending point, destination. And uh, it confused her. It wasn't exactly like she thought it would be. And she was trying to make sense of it. That's the way I felt. So there was a conflict between her belief systems and what she was experiencing. Right. And she was... He was not wanting to accept all of what she was learning. She hadn't arrived at the place where she could fit that in her thoughts. That's what I felt. Thank you. One of the, one of the uh, what was his name, Dolly? I know you know it. Damien? Oh, uh, oh Finn? No, not no, uh, the guy, the the guy, the guy that uh, got hit with electricity, lightning. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh gosh, his name just blew through my mind. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, you know how that happens. Um, yeah. But but he 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 he. Or this guy, I think it was four times. He was clinically dead because he got hit with electricity, and the one was uh, the first one was. His bed was metal, and the bed, the house got hit, and the bed somehow or another took the charge, and he had his hand on the on the bed. And that's how he ended up getting electrocuted while he was in bed sleeping. 
and dying. And the reason he knew he was dying was because he was someplace else, <laughs> you know. Um, but the thing that he said that I'll never forget, I don't remember the details of, I mean, he, because he did it four times, and he's written books on it. And, but the thing that he talked about was, you know, we hear about this life review. You're going to have a life review. And mm -hmm. what happened was that, yes, indeed, all of a sudden you're meeting people that may even just have been a, a, a very short meeting but then you're meeting loved ones and all that there's a everybody that you ever interacted with in that lifetime was in front of you now they're in front of you and you're being forced to recall what it was that that the interaction between you from your standpoint how you saw it but then you immediately shift to so that you're in the other person's per body and perceiving what that whatever you did affected them and i mean it was like i thought i was like man i don't want to do anything bad to anybody because i don't want to feel what they might have felt when i did something bad that's what <laughs> scares the hell out of me for dying <laughs> i don't want to feel that i know i was rotten I mean, it, it just like really kind of like put a different perspective into my life that, you know, and I know it, it's affected me. It's like, I'm not going to do anything that's going to, that I'm knowingly going to piss you off or, you know, in some way hurt you. Right. I, no, 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 because then someday I'm going to be in your body and I'm going <laughs> to, you know, it's like, yeah. no, thank you. It was a real learning point from this guy, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> I but, don't want to. But that's what I really don't want to have to go through. But the way I look at it is, okay, when I go over there, just get it over with quick. <laughs> oh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting when I see you over there and you see me. God, you're going to know every time you pissed me off. <laughs> But I didn't mean to. I didn't right. know I did it. Right, but you'll know why I got pissed off. <laughs> that's a that's the beauty of it. Because you know, because of what I learned from Damien, I don't. You know, I try not to say you just pissed me off. You know, it's like, oh, she just pissed me off. But okay. You know, sometimes I'll stop some conversation and say, well, you know, but I don't. I don't. I mean, how many times have you said? If I said to you, Jesus, you just pissed me off. I, I, you know, I don't do that. It's like, oh, well, well let's, let's get, look at this again, you know. It's like I've learned to be uh, polite in my... Uh, Pissed offness? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in trying to explain what why I thought you were wrong that pissed me off, you know, that type of thing. But that, I have that, to stop myself and say, now... Everybody has a right to their own opinion, whether you agree with it or not. And who knows, their opinion might be right in some weird-ass way. And your opinion might not quite be so right because you're thinking of it in a different light. So I have to stop myself and say that when I get pissed off. At well, I love it when somebody contra contradicts what I'm saying. 
they've got their different perspective. And I jump on those occasions because I want to know what, what, why are you disagreeing with me? Not because I'm making a judgment call here, but why? Because you must be seeing something I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Well, except if it's a leftist woke person. I, I don't... <laughs> They, they, I don't deal with them. I don't want to know <laughs> what they're seeing. Yeah. yeah. But listen, we're at the top of the hour, so why don't we take a break? An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine, cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price. Mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible mystical wares in mount vernon washington yes folks mystical wares is where the jedi knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet earth after annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the death star they deserve an all-out shopping spree and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical Wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi Elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics. Learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix. And above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balanced and stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to Cosmic Reality on September 26, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Um, so that was an interesting first hour. Daunting. Hey, I got a question. It's a leftover from, say what? Oh, okay. Um, remember we were talking about Jesus and how the bad guys threw that name Jesus out. And uh, the real name is, is it? Yahweh or Yahshua? I I got confused there. Ask Walt. Walt, you know yeah. the name. what's the name? What name of what? 
Jesus. Real name of Jesus. It's Jeshua. Yeah. His last name is Hanorshi. Hanorshi? How do you know that? Because Dr. Costa, he, he actually wrote a book about Jeshua Hanorshi. And oh. uh, because he, he actually channeled the entire book because he was there. That was one of his incarnations. That's why he witnessed he, the, the crucifixion. It's Jeshua? Je I, I wrote it in, uh, on the chat. Jeshua. Jeshua. Mm -hmm. Jeshua. Thanks, Walt. You're welcome. I actually have a copy of that book. Mm -hmm. But I never, I, I started reading it and it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she likes it better when they're... You know, you, when you have uh, airplanes fighting and then getting killed, uh, you know, shot out of the sky no, and stuff no, like that. No, I, I don't like any of that. <laughs> but it was boring in that it was just their everyday life. You know, there wasn't any, I mean, I didn't finish it, so I can't, you know. Well, make for it. example, there's, a, there's a, a, a section where there's a, you have to t remember that Jesus was was not alone in was not alone in his uh, training in his preparation. He did have a, a guru, and had a female guru. It was Miriam. She was one of from the uh, a group of the Essenes. So she's the one who edu educated him and prepared him because for his ministry. And she told him up and down many many times. Be careful. Do never. Do not yield to the temptation of using miracles to get your message across, because people's consciousness is low, so low that they're going to focus on the miracle and they're going to ignore the, your message. So do not yield to the temptation of doing miracles. And unfortunately, he did not res resist that temptation. Like for example. Uh, he was helping so many people like one time and in, in this in this house there, there's these people that came to ask for help and uh it was winter time it was it was called for these two folks and he told on at one point he told he told them wait here and they were sitting at a, at a table and they saw him walk to a darkened part of the room it because remember there's no electricity back then <laughs> and he and he comes out of that corner of the room and he's holding on to these two coats for, to help these two people because they had no place to stay and they were spending a cold night. And they didn't understand. They were just grateful for the coats, but they did not perceive in the darkened room that he just materialized these two coats. So that's the thing that Miriam warned it about. Do not yield to the temptation to do miracles because that's what the people will focus on. And history is proof of that. People are so focused on the miracles. What about the message? Oh yeah, Jesus raised the dead and, and he made a, all the, he fed this whole crowd with fishes and with a, with a fish and on a single loaf of bread, he fed like a thousand people and like, okay, you're paying attention to that, but you're ignoring the message. What's the message that he's teaching you? So that's, she warned him about that. 
like for example, the other the other point is that he struggled to keep contact with his guides very much. So you you have to remember the vibration of the earth at the time is very very low. In fact, that's that you're in the middle of the Kali Yuga, the darkest time in the twenty five thousand year cycle of of the that the earth has the uh, the where all the uh, where you have the procession of the equinoxes, the thing takes takes about twenty five thousand years to do uh, the, the the whole cycle. When the time that it came to Earth was the lowest of the low, it was it's smack in the middle of the Roman Empire. Think about it. So low was human consciousness. You do you remember the story that you know the Romans? You know, right now you know everybody in their home has like a bathroom where you do your your necessities right well the romans had a vomitarium you know you know what that was in in the in the fanciest homes you have the special room there's not where people are not going to, there to defecate or urinate no they go there for one purpose only to vomit so they can go they need to empty their stomach so they can go back to eating because the, the orgies was, weren't only sexual, the orgies were also eating, eating to excess to such levels that you have no choice. That, that's why you had a slave assigned to each vomitorium, and they would uh, stand there with, um, with a whole bunch of uh, f uh, feathers, like uh, ostrich feathers. So everyone who's going to go into the room, you have to give them a feather because you lean over you kind of uh, tickle your throat with a feather, and that brings about the uh, contraction so that you you vomit. And that's how you vomit with the help with you know with a with an ostrich feather or some other kind of feather. So that's how that's the level of human consciousness. It was so low that people were so obsessed with it. We would just physical senses that they had no percent no sense no they had. They were not interested in anything higher than that, just the physical senses, sex and food, sex and food, and sex and food. So the level of consciousness on the planet was very low, and he had a very tough time maintaining contact with the guides. So at one time, that's why they sent him help, uh, Mary Magdalene. She was never, I know that the the the... the Bible says that Mary Magdalene was a, um, a what do you call it, a prostitute, and he helped her, and he read, he took her out of that life of prostitution. That's not true. Never. It's that's absolutely not true. She was an ascended master, and she was sent to assist him in that contact, to be able to to maintain contact with his guides. But he, that's why that's why uh, because he couldn't maintain contact. That's why they uh, they change his life plan. His, his ministry was supposed to last 33 years, but he couldn't maintain it. So that's why he left life as he, as he did in such a dramatic, horrible way, because I mean, you, are not, you and I, we agree that it's, it's horrible how they honor the, the, the fact that he was crucified and blah, 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 and all that. Well, but it was done for a reason. You know, it was, it was very dramatic and because he he could not sustain contact with his guides. I mean, the spiritual atmosphere on the planet was really the worst, the lowest of the low at the time. 
So he participated in humanship. In what human in humanity uh, more than what was more than he was sent to do. He, he became could. too human. Exactly. Yep. It was it was it affected him to so much. That's that's why she was sent to him to assist him in but he couldn't maintain the contact. Well, I know he had the two Marys in his life, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. So his Mary mother, Magdalene mother, No Mary oh, three Marys. He had three Marys in his life. Right. Ah. So uh Mary Magdalene was his his guide, what you were just saying. And also the uh, uh, Mary Magdalene was an ascended master like he. That's why she's, they were, she was sent to her system. Uh, for example, something that is true according to that, that, that book written by Dr. Costa is the, the thing that's spoken of in the Bible, the uh, Immaculate Conception. That happened. It actually it happened. The, the mother, uh, something kind of came to them. And uh, they fainted or something, and the the business was that they she woke up, and when she woke up she was pregnant. And then Joseph, who was uh, the the husband, the fiance. Yeah, yeah uh, he was not Jesus's father, not at all. He, he right. she was pregnant, and uh, the and something else that he says that is true is that business of what he did. He had a, when he was a boy, he had an issue with his temper. Had a very tough time controlling his temper. It was, you know, he, very forceful kind of, and he did it. He's, he was guilty of, um, he got angry with uh, Joseph over something, and he's the one who, um, what's the, uh, the term? He withered his father's arm. I don't know which of the two arms. But he he said something with with all his force. He said something, and it caused the the arm to wither. So one of his arms did that. You saying the 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 word he wither just did that to Joseph? Yes. Oh. He didn't do it on purpose. It was his bad. His he he had a very temper. tough time controlling his temper. He was just a boy, so you you can't you know. He's not. It's not like an ascended master saying choosing to do harm. No, he did it, but he didn't do it on purpose. But he did. But he did do it. So he withered his father's arm. Stepfather's arm. Mm -hmm. Well, the stepfather, because he yeah. didn't. He never had a human father. So. Well, maybe the immaculate conception was ETs messing with. He could be, you know, there's so, so much stuff hidden. Yeah. On tomorrow's uh, Radio 5G, I'm actually doing something where I play the same two, int well, the interviewer and, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Ooh, 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 Billy, Billy, oh, Connor, Connor, I think it is. But anyway. Um, these two guys are talking for the full two hours, and it was actually two shows they did. 
and I played a clip of it about the Jesus, the fact that, and say what, the fact that um, the portrait that we know, that I know, I was going, going, grew up Catholic, and the portrait that I was given to represent Jesus was this blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. And that, you know, he, 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 Billy was a, actually able to tell us who it was that was the, uh, uh, what do you call it, when they do a portrait the of it. The physical Heritage? representation. Huh? The, model? The, model. the model, right. The model. The, the actual model of who it was, space, it was the son of somebody, and that son was known to be a, just a terrible person. But they... And, and Lil, it was, it was in Lil. What? And 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 Lil, it was the image of Enlil. That's the one that people worship. And it's Enlil was a, a really bad car character. Right, uh, right. Yep. And um, then the Jesus's name itself was actually it's it's Jesus is something Zeus. So they substituted his real name Yahshua to this Jesus. And so every time anybody prays to Jesus, calls out Jesus's name, you're calling out Zeus. I mean, but but the guy is has got all sorts of credentials, and he gives you such details, and he tells you who it was and when it happened. And I mean, it's just really <laughs> an amazing uh, listen to on hidden history. And he also in the in the second part of it, he gets into the ideas of. Well, there's just more to it in the second part. Um, it's tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. It's a two-hour program where they're just discussing hidden history. And like I say, on Say What, I, I played like a, I don't know, it was almost a 20-minute clip of the, them discussing Jesus in the, in the conference of Nicaea where they changed out all the books to make it read what the, the storyline that they wanted. Talk about creating storylines. Uh, you know, they did that in a in a very knowing way. You know, they threw out. Well, like there's there is a document that was available at that time, and it was the writings of Mary Magdalene. But they threw that out. They didn't want people to think she was. Her she actually came from a very rich family. She was not a prostitute. And if you listen to uh, some of the scriptures, they'll say. You know that they kissed on the mouth, and I, one of one of the apostles, Paul, I think it was Peter, said, "Why do you love her more than you love me?" <laughs> you know, type of thing. It's like, oh, that's an interesting statement. But you know, th there's so much that we don't know even about the Jesus story. And I agree that you know the, the teachings were lost in all of this facade of storytelling that the Roman Catholic Church put on people. Well, the first thing they, they struck out is the, the doctrine of reincarnation. He actually taught that to the disciples, but they 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 struck it out of the of the records. Yep. Because they wanted people to be terrified. Well, they wanted people to think there was only one life. Mm -hmm. We only live once. And that the only way to get to heaven was through the priest, so you better pay him. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's nuts. You talk, you, you know, this concept that this was a real low point in the humanity. It's like, yeah, where are we in humanity now? Because there's a lot of that insanity going on. Well, they're they're trying to stay in power as much as they can, and they're failing at it. So the difference between then and now is that now we're aware of it. Then it was it was so commonplace that nobody questioned it. If it they didn't I, have the internet, yeah, I mean I was born in 1959. If, if if during my my early years, I had said to some of the thing some of the things that I, I'm aware of now. They would have just, oh, you're just just insane. Wait, you st stop talking. You 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 you're not making any sense. That's why I never made any friends, because I I was constantly arguing against the things that they were accepting. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you when you grow up in a Catholic, an officially Catholic country, and all the children are are brainwashed into having that, very difficult to maintain any kind of conversation. Uh, because you have to watch out and keep your keep keep quiet. You don't want to get kicked. Out. <laughs> you don't want to get beat to death every five minutes because you just said something. Uh, what do you call it? sinful and heretical? You don't want to be a heretic. Oh, you're a heretic! Shut up. <laughs> Next. Friend, boyfriend, I don't know what their relationship is. Uh, he brought his cousin over from the Bahamas because they're both Bahamas, Bohemians. They're from the Bahamas. But Damien has this business where he, a handyman type business, and he got behind on some of his jobs, and so he brought Alex over. So they were playing backgammon we were all sitting around the table with the backgammon game and i asked damien how, when you think of jesus how do you see him or do you picture him looking in your mind and he came out with right away he's no hesitation black man with threads black man with threads and uh I it kind of tickled me. I thought, yeah, because people always picture him as same as whatever race they are. And so I asked uh, Alex, how do you see him, really? And um, Alex said, well, I, I don't really see him. And I'm sitting there jumping up and down inside. He said, I see the light. I see an energy. I don't see a face or anything. And that's how I think of Jesus. And so I was so excited because I feel the same way that, that uh, Alex was saying. And then we discussed his name. So, so. But I found it interesting. Everybody has their own picture in their mind. In, in their hearts of what Jesus or Yeshua is like. And I just found that very interesting. I enjoyed the conversation and I wanted to share it with y'all. I'm done. Yeah, and how many times have they ever had a conversation like that? 
<laughs> I, I know. You know? I know. Did, did, and the they, funny thing was, we're sitting out there playing uh, backgammon with a set that's black and white. And then that happens to have the white pieces and and Alex and Damien were playing with the black pieces and while we were talking about Jesus uh, Alex said well I said well, what color is it that he goes just the white ones and they looked at him all and I said oh and that's white she's got the white pieces y'all are black and you're playing the black pieces we all got a kick out of that how many times do you sit there and discuss something like that I love that's it. that's a problem <laughs> that those conversations don't occur more often. Yeah, just be open with how you're thinking and share it because it's fun. Yeah, it, it yeah, and it's so different out there today. You know, I mean, you don't people are afraid to th- talk in terms of black and white and brown and yellow, and that was another thing that they brought out in that uh, hidden history that I found fascinating. Uh, Billy was saying that the genetic people, the people that know about you know DNA and and uh, mutations and changes in the in the DNA, say that it's impossible for all of the various shades of people to have occurred in the timeline that supposedly humanity in this version, this current version, has been on the planet. There's just not enough time for the black people to become black because they're in an area of more sun or the white people to get, you know, white skin because they're in the area where they don't don't need all that. No, yeah, I I don't know why the white, why? Because they don't have any sun. Oh, the black is to protect the cells, yeah. So when you don't need to protection, then you turn white. Okay, um, that's the story. But what what uh, he's saying is that it it appears to him. And again, you got to listen to the guy. He's just when he's saying it, it, it's with such certainty that he's right because he he'll list off a you know a dozen different books from different places in the world that is explaining the same thing. But it's his theory that there were actually different groups of ETs that were had uh, settled in different places. So what happened was that in order for the, remember they're thinking of us as slaves. Humanity was like a slave, it was a commodity. So for people to uh, leave their commodity alone, they would, in quotes, brand them by DNA changes that cause them to have white skin, black skin, yellow skin, brown skin. So there's shades different. So when you saw a white dude, you said, oh, don't mess with that guy. He's, he's owned by, you know, King so-and-so. And, uh, you know, that type of situation, which I found very interesting. <laughs> so we, we are genetically different. We've been manipulated so that they can know who owns what. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've heard that story, and I also heard that uh, God changed the colors of Abraham's sons and split them up across the world. So some stayed in Africa, they stayed black. Some went somewhere else, and they were 
uh, white. Some went another place, they were red. Some went other places, they were yellow. And uh, that's what I heard. Yeah, but that's what the scientists are saying can't happen in the time frame. That there had to have been genetic manipulation of the DNA. Uh, they don't believe in miracles that can happen immediately. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're talk- <laughs> I do. Talking to human <laughs> scientists, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it could happen immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had another question on your list there that you wanted to explore? Oh. Dolly's got a list of questions that she asked God not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and she wrote them down. And so on Say What and then on this one, sometimes we uh, go back to that list and just discuss what God may have answered. <laughs> If given the chance, you just sort of like asked all the questions, didn't wait for the answer. But maybe this is his way of giving us the answer, right? Never know. Or for us to discuss it, so it makes it more, we become aware of such questions. My question, my first big-ass question was, life is eternal. Why? And then we just, we already discussed who makes up the scenarios we choose to take part in? Why are these scenarios made up and why do we choose to participate in? Is it always the same beings who travel together and participate in the different scenarios? Last question we discussed is, is there a group who are designated as the overseers? I don't know if we ever answered that one. Probably and, didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, and then the question after that is, do they have the power to change the the people, the beings who are overseeing us acting out the script? Do they have the power to change the script as they move along? I would think not if we're in a free will universe. In other words, the people that guide me, I can make the decision whether or not to follow their guidance. That's my my right as a human being experiencing this 3D environment. But they don't have a right to say, well, you can make that decision, but we're not going to let you take it. Now, I've seen situations where I may have had a choice or I wasn't paying attention and I was going down a wrong path. And then things started going wrong. That's my indication. I believe that if you're on the right path, everything just happens. But if you suddenly are being stopped, that, you know, things are blowing up here and blowing up there, then that means you're on the wrong path. And what I say is I I never turn around, but I do back up. And that, that, because if you, if you were on the path and the path was right, you don't want to turn around. You want to back up until you see the, the road that went off to the right that you never saw. Right? So to me, that they don't have the ability to, to stop us. You know, but we have the ability to make our own decisions, if it's a free will universe. They, I don't know. They, 
I think they make it known to us we're we're headed in the wrong direction and when we hit all those roadblocks. Exactly. Something's wrong. If you're on the right path, everything starts to click, 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 click. And if something stops, then you go, oh, okay. Well, a good example is Derek. All right. He he takes the the Shungite store, the, the basic company that Walt and I built, and he takes it to a level that makes him, you know, probably the best metaphysical site in the world for a lot of reasons. Um but then it started to belly up. And I can give you a lot of 3D reasons being that, you know, retail business runs out of people that when you first open up, nobody's got the stuff. They get the stuff, then they don't buy anymore because they got the stuff. So it's always uh, very, very difficult. You have to continually try to nourish a new group of people. And uh, in the environment we're in where people are getting very nervous about buying anything, uh, you know, he, he was he was having problems. <clears throat> so, and I asked about this today. I said, you know, when, when because he started, to, he thought in terms of moving the store to a better location. And so he'd gone out and looked at different locations. And one of them was this, uh, it's called the Woolly Market. And it's a hundred-year-old building. It started out as J.C. Penny Building. And went through being supermarket and all this sort of things. And then he had looked at that thinking to move metaphysical, uh, uh, I'm sorry, mystical wares. And then it blew up in his face, you know. And I, I, I didn't have good feelings about what he was talking about when he was talking about that. I couldn't put my finger on it. From a business standpoint, it seemed like a good idea, but... It, something was not wasn't right, and then it blew up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, good," <laughs> you know. But then I didn't feel that was right either. Yeah, just something off about it. Yeah. So then um, he's realizing the the you know that he's really getting deeper and deeper into the hole with the uh, the metaphysics store. They came to him and said, would you like to, you know, the person that was supposed to take it over didn't, would you like it? This started about six months ago. Would you like to uh, reconsider and, and, you know. So this time he doesn't think in terms of moving the metaphysical store. He thinks in time, he thinks about this. And I said to him, what was in your mind before you actually manifested it being there? He said, I just started thinking about it and making improvements on it and what I would do with it if I had it, even though it was all in his mind. So when they came to him, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, and within two days or something, he had the the building and he was already uh, in the process. I mean, there's a lot of things that he had to go through, one of them being like a a liquor license. The food license is, is insane. Because not only, okay, so you got a pizza. He had to present them with documentation from what kind of dough it was, how it was made, where it was being made, what it's all about. I mean, just just crazy. And that, you know, is a lot of stuff that the hoops you have to jump through are, are pretty amazing to get this thing done. But everything is going along. Everything is working. 
And now he's got, and I'm really excited about it because it's a community center. And as I was saying in the Shanghai show, one of the things that people have lost is these groups of community intercourse. In, in intercourse being in the in the general terms of being with people that you like that you have the same kind of uh, purpose for being in it like a church and so many of the Catholic churches have been sold so that people don't have their their congregation anymore yes you can be a Catholic but you got to go 10 miles down the road to people's with people that you don't know because there's three churches going to be combined in one things like that and the limitation during the lockups and everything from people participating with other people. And now a lot of people are afraid of being in groups and, you know, I mean, the whole thing. And that, without that pillar in our society, we are in a very dangerous place. You know, so what, what, he's, what he's doing is, is, has a deep, deep meaning. I mean, he... He put out uh, a, a basically a statement saying that he was going to take the uh, woolly market and open it up again. And it was just a simple post on Facebook on Mystical Wares, that, that particular Facebook page. And it got over 20,000 views. That's astounding. From his area? Yeah, it had to be from the area because you're not going to say, oh, look at they're going to open up the woolly market to, to your, your cousin in another state because they don't know what the woolly market is. But 20,000 people in the neighborhood must have shared this, passed it on. You know, so you got 20,000 views on one thing that's just announcing that they're going to open it up. And basically what it was going to be. And everybody got all excited about it. So it's like this need that that community has to have a community center. Because yes, it's a bar. Yes, it's music. But it's also, he's taken, and this is a huge facility. He's taken the second floor and he's put in all of these games. These arcade games. And it's a large, large area of arcade games. But instead of having them all operate on quarters or dollars in some cases what he does is he charges ten dollars an hour for a kid to be in there and it's much cheaper to do it that way than it is you know mom give me some more money more money more money and so and the thing of it is is that they there's only one way up to, to this you know upper upper area that that you would come down there's you know other areas you can get down from it but that you go up and down these one stairs to get up and down there and so you, you as a parent can sit there with your friends drinking some wine and having something to eat and you know just having a good time while your kids are safe upstairs and if they were to come downstairs you've got a visual of the stairs and you know when he talks to the people uh, you know about this the chamber of commerce and everything it's, it seems to be a very uh functioning city a little small city town and uh so when when he's up when when they, they, they come in and they're like so excited about this but it's that communal thing that i think that we need to really heal ourselves in many ways 
but that's just so, not. To clarify what you were telling us, who was it that came to Derek and asked him if he would do this? The owners. Of the building? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And, and he the, was... The mayor of the did town. Did they give him the idea of what to do with it, or did oh, Derek oh. come up with the plan? Derek came up with the plan. He was yeah. he was dealing he was dealing with a husband, and the the place had been a number of different things, but it, one of them was a, a restaurant bar type of thing. So they had all of the equipment to basically open up, just open it up again. But um, it turned out that the mayor of the town is the one that owns it. So. And he didn't find out that until, you know, weeks after he had bought the place. And people were telling him, oh, the mayor owns that. He had no idea. But so, so the mayor comes in and, you know. Wait a I mean, minute. So that does he own it or is he renting it? He's renting it. He's renting oh, it. Okay. So the the owner and the husband come by to actually look at the place, physically look at what he's done. And he's only had it for maybe a week. And they walk in there and they were like, where's your team? And he said, what team? He said, they said, how could you possibly have done this? We wanted to repaint it and it was going to take months to repainting. How could you possibly have done this? And he said, well, I did it by myself. <laughs> you know, and it was like they, they, they're being confronted with somebody that is able to not only see the potential but to make the potential real um and and the mayor has got to be ecstatic because now the very biggest building in the downtown area is now going to be a business again which will you know build up the the real estate in in the town anytime you put a new business in it inspires other people, and the businesses are there normally do better. Uh, but Derek actually took it further because he went around to. There's a lot of small, little sub shops and you know, restaurants and stuff in the area. I mean, not a lot, but you know, a sizable number. And he realized that he could easily put them out of business. But what he did was he went around to these people and he was checking out what 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 it was that they were serving and what they were doing there. And he actually talked to the owners and somebody said to him, well, I do this karaoke thing on such and such a, a day. And and Derek said, good, good. I'm glad to know that because we will not compete with you. We'll just make sure that we do it on a different day. And. So he's trying to work with the other small businesses to not put them out of business, but to not tread on their specialty food or, you know, what the, what their little gimmick is to try to get the customers in. So he's very aware of, you know, trying to be a good neighbor, not just a good neighbor, but a good businessman and work with the people around him. So everything he's bringing into that area is just amazing. And the fact that the person that owns it is the mayor. I mean, the, they, the, the Chamber of Commerce is going to 
make a day trip over to Mystical Wares to see what his other store is like. Uh, you know, it, it's... But, again, he, he demonstrates so much, and in the Shanghai show we kind of get into it, about the manifesting. And even though he was in deep kimchi with the original uh, store, he doubled down. And I was so proud of him. Because that one was failing. But instead of, you know, I told him, I said, Derek, if it's not working, then liquidate, get as much as you can out of it and try to find another way of making a living. Uh, you know, I'm real 3D with this stuff. You know, I've seen too many of these things just go and it's they run for a time and then it's over with. But he didn't go there. What he did was just opened himself up for another opportunity Okay, so the station is jumping around right now. Oh, God, what's happening? Okay, I guess we're back. Sorry about that. Um, everything just sort of jumped. It's, it, and we talked about this on the Shanghai show, too. The Every, every electronic seems to be glitchy. The station is very glitchy. Um, other things, people are having trouble, but that's just a matter of, where we're at <laughs> with the energies. It could be sun stuff, it could be the Schumann resonance, it could be this, it could be that. But um, anyway, we seem to be back online there. Okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so. Um, so the Chamber of Commerce people are going to get together and go all of them one day to mystical wares. Yeah, they do that around. They go to different businesses. They make a day trip. I mean, it sounds like a very active government. Wow. You know? I'm impressed. Yeah, who would believe in Washington State that you would have, which is a blue state with a crazy-ass Seattle people in there, um, that it, it would have this little enclave of good government people working for their neighborhood and participating. I mean, it's just, it's a lovely story. Well, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting contrast with the, the other town where he lived. You told me that it was, it was horrible because it was a place where the, um, many of the houses, they had a, uh, the uh, what do you call the, the this chemistry thing that 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 drug that people take? They, oh, they were doing moonshine on one side, and the others were uh, what do you call it? Um, Mess. Exactly, that's the one. You told me that uh, the the town was really not very I, good, not very good <laughs> because the 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 things that they were that they were doing there it was like a it was a haven for meth and um, and moonshine. Well, so that's I, I, where he had the bees? Yeah. I don't remember this. I, I know that there was a guy that made moonshine. Um, there was an episode, but it was not where the bees were. Well, it was the second. I mean, the first, yeah. There was an episode of some people doing meth and stuff, but I don't remember it being the whole town, Walt. No, I just remember you saying that it was very tiny, very tiny place, and it was that's what they were that's that's what they were doing. 
but it didn't specify for how much you know how much they were doing I, I don't know they must sell it out, out of town because it was such a tiny town it was I remember you telling me the town was so tiny they didn't they didn't even have a, a mailman you had to go pick up your own mail because there was no one to deliver that's how small it was Well, now he's in a bigger town that is, you know, got a good government and everything should happen that will, because once he started seeing it that way, it just all came together. And um, that, that but, but I'm using it not, not to boost up what Derek is or what it does, but to show you how you can go through life if you just change your perspective on Ooh, that thing is bottoming up. I mean, God never closes a door before he opens a window. Also, the another another uh, a different change in in attitude because the American corporate attitude is competition, competition, competition. When they have actually proven it with actual work, that collaboration is more productive than competition. They've, they've proven it so many times. Uh, I, I forget that the first one, I don't know how many years ago it was on. They did it uh, with um, two teams of people that work for uh, auto dealership. They had a, a they had a, this setup where this particular uh, dealership, they had everyone was working in competition. So all the salesmen were working each one against all the others. And then the other team, they were working in collaboration. They were actually helping each other to make sales instead of fighting each other. So at the end of the cycle, I forget if it was one month or two months, at the end of the cycle, the team that was competition, they were all <laughs> ragged, exhausted, tired, they were, uh, they were so-so in total sales. And then the other team, they were happy, they were relaxed. They were, there was more team spirit. They were actually more, they actually achieved more by being cooperative. Instead of fighting each other, they were actually collaborating with each other. So that is a, is a very big change if, if, that's, if that's his attitude coming into this town, because He's helping them as opposed to instead of instead of being in, in competition, you know, like uh, it's a very good idea that he's not going to be offering exactly what he's what the others are doing. So it's not to step on anybody's toes. So that's quite a change. It, well, but it's an easy change and it's the changes that work, you know, mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. But they want us to be divided and decisive, you know, divisive and, you mm -hmm. know, after each other. It's just like, please. Um, before we, we're like nine minutes out, you guys um, were talking about this new. What was it? Who was it that you were talking about? The cloning? The what was it that you were saying in the beginning before we went on live? Oh, I, I was saying to Dolly, the, saying thank you because she's the one who sent the video of uh, the Biden. <laughs> There's a, it's a video of Biden. He's wearing a mask, a black mask, and he's being followed by what looks like a couple of uh, mall cops, not even safe, secret service. And the caption said, 
Biden walking to toward the car, not even being followed by Secret Service, and there is a people like calling out to him, uh, and they're making fun of the fact that he's not Biden, and even what? though he looks. He didn't have a dark mask on. He looked exactly. He didn't have a dark mask. He had the regular Biden mask that they wear. Oh, because I, I thought. Oh, because uh, the. At the beginning, you're looking at his back. I thought he was wearing a yeah. black mask. No, no. Oh, okay. He's just looking at his back. And then he turns around, remember? And he puts ah. his arms up. Oh, you're the, you're the fake Biden or whatever they called him. Yeah, and yeah. Someone's he puts his arms him. up. Yeah. So the, the people that were there, they recognized that it wasn't a real Biden? Yeah. Well, he, he didn't have <laughs> the... by looking around. at him. Yeah, there's no entourage. How can you have a how can you have a real character without any entourage following him? And he admitted, yeah, he's the actor, but at this current time. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting again because Cosmic Reality Chronicles is playing the show where Pelosi was on one of the Sunday shows, and she's given this question. And she went into this bizarre, like she was glitching, like the the clone was glitching. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, That's I remember what, it like it was today. Yeah, well that that particular episode is up on the Chronicles, which is we've already done it today. Well, it'll be you know after the Shungite show, which follows this one. But um, yeah, it's worth, uh, especially if you didn't see it, it's worth going to the archives and listening to that strange i mean it was strange uh, i don't it wasn't remember human. no definitely not human and and the the person that was there was even reacting to it remember george snapalapagos right yeah. right george. yeah it was yeah. george you know it's like <laughs> oh my god what's happening you know it just the look on his face was like oh dear but anyway that you know um yeah, because there is. Well, well, the, 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 what? Okay, I do watch the Fox Network because most Americans are watching Fox, and I spent most of my life watching mainstream media, going from one to the other to the other to the. Not because I believed what they were saying, but because I wanted to know what they were telling the American people. So to get a really pulse on what the American people are now hearing, uh, you go to Fox. And I have seen a, a very, very uh, obvious change in what they're saying. Because up until recently, and the recently I mean in the last outlying three weeks, okay, instead of saying, you know, that Biden is incompetent, with with all these programs he's got out there, they're actually saying this is not incompetent. This is an attempt to do exactly what they're doing, to bring down the nation by destroying the borders, by destroying the churches, by destroying the small business people. This is all a concerted effort. We are under attack. And that's the message that you're getting now from not all the time, 
but they're not holding their punches regarding is this something that they're actually doing to destroy the country and i find that to be an amazing uh change it feels like the white hats are have a hand in it because they're the ones that are allowing you to say something so true well yeah probably because if the cabal were still in complete control you you can't say that you can't say the truth that there's an actual concerted attack no no that's not acceptable not according to them and even the mainstream media now are questioning the uh, validity that validness of uh biden running for anything <laughs> <laughs> you know um who was it oh Fetterman, the phony, the fake, the fake Fetterman, um, he came out and he said, you know, that this uh, Mendez, Mendez, the guy that is uh, Bob, you know, the uh, what is it that Jesse Waters called gold, gold bar Bob. <laughs> and, you know, he, he came out and he's got the same charges that everybody believes the Bidens are guilty of he's actually been indicted for and so fetterman comes out and says well i think he should resign you know i mean you got these kind of things attacking this guy but now you got more people talking about uh you know gee maybe we should think something different about you know you got people that are saying oh my god we can't keep up with biden he's so much you know but it's it's interesting to just watch what they're telling people and where where the dialogue is going but we're at the end of our dialogue here um you want to say uh anything here dolly in passing we got a minute yes i do um aoc has been swapped out y'all i noticed it last night who's aoc alexandra cortez oh she's one of the representatives in congress and she's very mouthy and she she's a bad stupid. person that needs yeah stupid. stupid but a bad person so it's good she they're showing more because she doesn't really look like herself so they're making it more obvious that these things are happening now so keep your eyes open y'all and i love you thanks for being here everybody and uh don't forget love blanket Bye-bye. Walt. Thank you for being here with us. And we had a, you had a good, interesting uh, discussion. Uh, have a good night, everybody. And well, love blankets to everybody. We thought it was interesting. <laughs> Hopefully you guys in Radio Land did too. Be safe. We'll see you next time. Tomorrow, Radio 5G, noontime, Eastern.
Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.